she said, uh, she said, I was going to do it, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I says, well, there's a time to be interrupted. I, I get in such a zone, you know, to what I'm going to do and what I'm going to say, and I forget it. So, Lord willing, we will get it today. Okay, we're going to be in John chapter 2, but I want to, you to start in Luke. If you go to Luke chapter 1, and then we'll go to Luke chapter, chapter uh, 3. And then this is just some little background. And then I want to, everybody needs a copy of this map. Does everybody have a copy of the map? If not, Ken will get you one. There you go. Okay. In Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verse, verse 1, Luke tells about how he went about writing his gospel. In first verse of chapter 1, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down by us, <clears throat> by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order. And that's that's the key, consecutive order. Luke is the only one that we can kind of hang to that 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 it's in sequence. As we'll see real quick in, in John, that's not the case. In John, he 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 wrote like he wrote, but Luke Luke did it in kind of consecutive order and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Now turn over to, to chapter 3 of Luke. Um, well chapter 2 really first chapter 2 verses uh, 41 and we see Luke chapter 2 verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover and when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. Okay, now turn over to Luke 3, verse 23. <clears throat> when he had begun his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age and was supposed the son of Joseph. So, Luke did it in consecutive order, and we have him in the temple at 12, and he began his public ministry at 30, <laughs> and uh, we don't know anything about those 18 years, not from Scripture. Now, there are all kinds of things. If you Google this, uh, you'll get all kind of things, but from Scripture, we don't know anything. Mark Lowry said one time, he said, good gracious, he said, God was in the house. Didn't any, anybody write it down? But anyway, that, that's, that's, that's where we are. Now pick up your map, and, and if you will, hang on to this for the rest of the study of John, because we're going to be talking about places. Um, we're going to be talking about places. Now up at the top, it says uh, where Jesus walked. Um, and let me say a little bit about the map. 
several years ago, I bought I bought from Rose Publishing Company um, a packet of of maps, and you see down there at the bottom may be produced reproduced for classroom use only. So don't anybody sell this, you know. <laughs> but but we've got we've got that was part of the deal when I bought it. I could reproduce it. So that's this is it. And this is where Jesus walked today. And let's just point out a few things. At the top, we have Lebanon. We have Syria. Coming on down, we have Jordan. And then, of course, Israel. And then we have Egypt down at the bottom of the page. And that's, that's where the location of the world is today. Now, up in the, up in the green part there, the... Uh, Tetrarch of Philip, it's it's a little skewed, but it says the Golan Heights. You see that that little thing. You you hear it in the in the news from time to time, and in the bottom uh, left hand corner you see the Gaza Strip, and that's that's where all the rockets go and and from. And you see it's not very far from Jerusalem. If you see that little scale at the bottom of the page, you know, it's a little over 50, 60 miles from the Gaza Strip to Jerusalem. So they're right there in the middle of all, all this thing. Now, right in the middle, right, say, from down from Samaria and up from Judea, you see another red thing. It says West Bank. You hear that in the news from time to time. So... So this is the, a modern a modern map of an ancient uh, ancient place. Now <clears throat> we'll keep on going. Go. You see the Sea of Galilee, uh, right right in the middle where it says Galilee, and go right on up, and you see Lake H U L D A H. That's the beginning of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is the red line, which is also the boundary line of, you know, between Israel and Jordan and so forth. And, of course, it stops at the Dead Sea. Uh, <clears throat> the Jordan River does. stops at the Dead Sea, and there's no outlet there. But <clears throat> the Jordan River, will we've talked about when Jesus was baptized, uh, anyway, that's that's where it was. Now, <clears throat> you've got your scripture there. Uh, back in chapter 1, verses 20 thing, 28 of chapter 1, it says, These things took place in Bethany beyond Jordan. Uh, like, like a lot of things we, we do in scripture uh, here, uh, there's a there's more than one thing. When I interviewed it for my job in in, in Greenville, and uh, of course I had come from uh, from Louisiana up here to interview with them, and and uh, on in the process of getting a flight to come up here, they told me he says Bill, go be sure go to Greenville Spartanburg. That's the Airport, and he told me he says there's 37 states that have a Greenville in it. So, in this particular case, 
In verse 28, we have Bethany beyond Jordan. Okay, look at your map where it says Judea. And you see Jericho just on the other, on the right side of the river. There is where Bethany beyond Jordan was. Now, if you go back to Jerusalem and you see Bethany there, that's the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And in the latter days of Jesus' life, that was his home base in Bethany. But where, where John baptized was the Bethany beyond Jordan, which is, which is there. And uh, <clears throat> so, so another little fact, and we're, we'll get all of this put together. If you go from Jerusalem up to Capernaum, you see, I practiced saying Capernaum. And did I say it right? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, that's about 85 miles, you know. And we'll say a little bit more about, uh, about that. That's about 85 miles up there. Then you see Galilee, and you see right north of that, you see Canaan. And that's where we're going to talk today. So anyway, that's just some facts. Hang on to this map, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into it as, uh, as we go. Okay, <clears throat> now... Let's begin with chapter 2 of John. <clears throat> On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Okay, coming back to what we said, uh, when Jesus started his public ministry and he was around Bethany, beyond Jordan, where they, where they were baptized because... In verse 35, his public ministry started in chapter 1, and he says the next day John was with his two disciples, and we were talking about Andrew and Simon and John and James and then Nathaniel, Philip and Nathaniel, and the, uh, uh, the next, on the third day, uh, most scholars says the third day after Jesus was talking to the Nathaniel. Okay. On the third day, there was a wedding at the Cana in Galilee. So they had 85 miles to walk up to Capernaum, uh, up to Canaan. Went from Bethany beyond Jordan up, up there. So on the third day, there was a wedding of uh, in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. All right, his disciples at this point were five. Stay with me. Andrew, Simon, uh, Peter, James, John, and Philip. That was the five at this point. So Jesus and his disciples at that point were, at, were invited to the wedding. He says, and the wine ran out. And the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And uh, Jesus said, woman, 
What does that have to do with us? My hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim and he said to them, draw out some now and take to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Now, uh, there's, there's a lot a lot we need to unpack there. Now, a wedding in this particular time uh, was, was the bridegroom was financing uh, or preparing for this feast. And it took over several days. And to have enough food. Now, you ladies that do this kind of thing, What's one of your big things is I want to have enough, you know. I'm, I live with a girl that does that, and we eat we eat little sandwiches for weeks after sometimes. <laughs> that's that's not really true, but but uh, I, I kind of enjoy the grazing after. But we want to have enough, Bill. <laughs> we want to have enough. So in this particular case, they had miscounted, so to speak, and. Mary was around and says, they've run out of wine. She knew who to go to, and that's all she said. And Jesus said, woman, my time's not yet. Now, Mark Lowry says in his little comedy routine, he says, if I would have called my mama woman, he said I would have wore my teeth around my neck. But according to Swindoll and others, that that's perfectly normal in, in, in the time that, that they lived in Israel. So, so Jesus said, uh, what has that got to do with us? But you know, he did what his mama told him to do. He was an obedient son, and he did what his mama told him to do. And so they filled these water pots about 150 gallons worth. And when they dipped it out, he said, take it to the head waiter. And he says, you know, you've, you've got the best now, you know. And he complimented him on that particular situation. And then Jesus said, or they said in verse 11, and we stop, this beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifest his glory and his disciples believed in him. Call it signs, call it miracles. Uh, the Jews were always wanting a sign. 
you know, show us a sign. And finally, in the latter part of his, his, uh, his ministry, he said, you've seen enough signs. <laughs> you, you've seen what I've done. We have 35 recorded uh, signs, miracles that Jesus did in, in the four gospels. Eight of them we have recorded in, in John. Now, John was an old man. He knew of the synoptic gospels and he kind of added two. And these eight signs that we're gonna see, the miracles, this was the first one there at, at, at Canaan are not recorded in the other ones. The other signs are, are recorded almost uh, without missing in all three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So anyway, this is the beginning of uh, his signs or his, or his uh, miracles. And it was, and manifest his glory and the disciples believed in him. Okay, so again, Mark Lowry says, he says, I'm glad that Jesus' first, first miracle was not raising from the dead or not healing somebody. He said Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine just to keep the party going. <laughs> and so we, we, we have to uh, look at that, and there's a lot of truth in that. Now, in verse, in verse 13, we don't know how much time is between verse 12 and verse 13. We have no idea, you know. Luke did it in consecutive order. We don't know how much time here. But we have, if you have a, a headline or a paragraph marking up there, mine says first paragraph in cleansing of the temple. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So he was in Capernaum, and so now he's back down the 85 miles, back down to, to Jerusalem. And he was at the Passover, and he went up to Jerusalem. Now, on the Synoptic Gospels, we have, we have the cleansing of the temple almost right before his crucifixion. We, we have here, John's putting it at the first of his ministry. <clears throat> the commentators that I read, read from this week said that this was probably the first of two cleansings. That the first time that, that Jesus, it surprised them. And we'll see that in just a minute. He walked in there and he made a move. The second time, and as the, the Synoptic Gospels put it at the end, uh, it was a different show. Now let's just look at one of them. Uh, turn, turn with me, if you will, to um, Matthew 21. <clears throat> Matthew 21, verses 13 and 14. One of the reasons we know that there are two is because the, the narrative is so different. Uh, 
Matthew 21. Don't do like I did and go to chapter 13. Uh, Matthew 21, verses 13 and 14. Uh, 12, excuse me. 12 and 13. Everybody with me? And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple, overturning the tables of the money changers and the seat of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a robber's den. So all the synoptic gospels basically give two verses to the cleansing of the temple. But we're back in John now, John chapter 2. He gives much more uh, narrative and he adds a lot more to it. Okay, beginning of verse 13 uh, of chi chapter 2, John. <clears throat> and the Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who were selling ox and sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Don't you know, <laughs> don't you know that that was a chaotic when, when, when they got all the animals and everything out of the way. Okay, <clears throat> this is, I'm going to read this because Swindoll does a better job than, than I do. He said, by the first century, the, fest the festival looked very different. It's, hard, it's hardly resembled the solemn event of, of Israel's exodus from Bajaj. He said, a corrupt priesthood had corrupted the temple by their greed. The courts of the complex had become a mixture of a flea market and a stock market. Uh, this so-called Anna, who was named for a godlike figure who once held the office of the high priest, but had been deposed by the Roman government for more than 15 years more than 15 years earlier. Since that time, he ruled through a series of puppet priests. Most of them, his sons, continued to run a well-established cotton game on a grand scale. Putting it bluntly, he was corrupt to the core. Throughout the year, and especially at Passover, all Jewish males were expected to visit the temple to pay the tax required by the law of Moses and to sacrifice an animal. On the Passover, the sacrifice was to be a lamb and it, as always, it had to be without blemish or defect. Moreover, the tax had to be paid in shekels, not in any foreign currency, which bore the images forbidden by the law. Annas and his cronies set up station in the temple court 
for the purposes of exchanging foreign money for shekels for an exorbitant fee, and he supplied sacrificial animals for which he charged top price. If someone brought his own animal, an inspector would judge it unfit and offer to trade it, plus cash. Undoubtedly, the inferior animal would become somebody else's superior sacrifices. During the Passover festival, the population of Jerusalem will spell more than would swell to more than 250,000 males. Josephus put the number of people, males and their family, close to three million. So at the Passover, Jerusalem was just overflowing with people. And they had this silly things. You had to give the shekel to the, to the, um, to the um, uh, temple and had to sacrifice. And basically what Swindoll is saying is that they made sport of this. It was a big deal, you know, and they were making money hand over fist. Jesus said, stop making my father's house a place of business. Uh, sometimes we wonder, you know, that this, this, uh, swelling of, of, of places. Um, you all know that our son works for corporate Walmart and he's in Bentonville and uh, Arkansas. He lives in edge of Oklahoma, but he drives an hour, hour every day up, up there. Well, he's going to start to having to do it. He's been working from home. But when he drove us around years ago, um, Bentonville is a lazy little town, but it swells to about 15,000 people when all the people come in to go to work at Walmart. So it's not un uh, uncommon that a town would swell. Um, the, the Gulf Coast, uh, not the Gulf Coast, the uh, East Coast, all of Myrtle Beach and everybody else, it swells when the tourist season is there but three million people in a little town of Jerusalem so that's where they are so back to scripture now chapter 2 verse 16 and those who were selling the doves said take these things away stop making my father's house a place of business his disciples remembered what was written. Um, it's all of a sudden um, they remembered. Uh, hold your finger there and go to John 16, 4. Just uh, over to the right a little bit. It's chapter 16, verse 4. And here he's talking about the coming of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which we have and living with us. <clears throat> Um, let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 16. These things I've spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think 
that he is offering service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. That you may remember. Now back to, to chapter 2. Basically what John's doing here in, in, chapter, in verse 17 is a parenthesis. He's talking about uh, don't make my father's house a place of business. And then he, he puts a parenthesis. He said, my, my disciples remembered that what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So his, his, um, his disciples remembered what was written in Psalm 69. He's for the zeal of your house will consume me. Consume me. So this, they remembered that. And then he picks up in verse 18. The Jews said to him, what sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? As they were trying to corral the animals and <laughs> pick up the thing, he says, what authority have you done? What authority do you do this? And Jesus didn't answer them, but he, he did in one sense. Verse 19, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Um, what authority do you have to do that? Nothing he did uh, in, in breaking up the, the, the party there in the outer courts of the temple. It wasn't immoral. It wasn't illegal, you know. Uh, but he was, he was being the son of God, and he says, this has got to stop. Now, he says, they ask him, what's the authority you are? And he said, destroy this temple, and three days I'll raise it up. Now, that statement later on is one of the things that they said, I'm going to nail you to a Roman cross because of what he said. He said, you destroy the temple in three days, I'm going to raise it up. Now, let's, let's just uh, talk a little bit um, about the temple. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, let's look at verse 20 first. The Jews said, it took 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it in three days. Now, um, Solomon built the temple. We went through First and Second Samuel and David collected the material, but he says, you're not to build the temple, but yet your son is. When we get in First, first Kings, we realize what he did. He got <coughs> Hiram, the king of Tyre. They came over there, <coughs> excuse me, and according to scripture, they built Solomon's temple in seven years and the magnificence of Solomon's temple. It was overlaid with gold. It was a beautiful edifice. And everybody says Solomon's temple. 
okay. They were disobedient. They, they brought other idols in and worship him and God put it up for years and years and centuries and centuries. And one day he says, I've had enough. And he used King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And he says, y'all come take them. And he came to Jerusalem and besieged it and tore it to pieces. Tore it to pieces. Solomon's temple. Velt uh, and I in reading our Bible and we're in the middle of Isaiah again. And, uh, and we're talking about Babylon. You can't find Babylon today. It's, 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 it's just desert out there. Uh, it was at the, at the, um, the Euphrates and the, um, what's up, Tigris River. And we know where that is. It's in modern day Iraq, but there is nothing from Babylon. And at that time, it was a great country, a great place. And God said he was gonna tear it up and he did. <clears throat> But that was the first temple Solomon built. Now, after, after they were, went to exile, Ezra, the priest, in, in Cyrus, uh, in the reign of Cyrus, says, I want to go back and rebuild the temple. And he went back, and, and they took some time, and they did put the temple back together. Now, in, in, uh, later on, we had, during the silent years, the 400 silent years, uh, we had Herod, um, and he, he wanted to be in good standing with the Jews, and so he, uh, he says, I want to remodel. We'll, we'll talk about that, remodeling. It depends on who you listen to. If it's the first, second, or third temple, it could, uh, most people said that they didn't, it didn't build another one because they built it on the same foundation that it, it had been built on, which is the foundation that's there today. But <clears throat> Josephus describes the city as laying before the temple, which meant that the city is situated on the south sides of a, of the temple in sort of a semicircle. And he goes on to tell about it. He says, archeology span evidence suggests that he kept the Eastern wall intact for there's a seam visible near the Southern corner. And this is a wailing wall, which everybody shows you uh, when they talk about that. The second temple, which is the one Herod built or the third temple, if you're counting that way, uh, it stood on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem from 516 B.C. to 70 A.D. when the temple was totally destroyed by, by the, <clears throat> the Romans. And all temple worship and all the Jewish uh, <clears throat> feast and everything else fell apart. There's, there's no, no place else that they could uh, sacrifice the animals for the sacrifice. So there's no, there's, the Jews today are, uh, they just don't do it. They, there's no temple there. And so that's that.
So Jesus said here in verse 20, it took, or the Jews said, it took 46 years to, to, I got to stop. Mm. Well, let me hurry through. And the Jews said, it took 46 years to build the temple and you raised it up in three days. All right, here's another parenthesis from verse 21 through verse 22. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered the Holy Spirit had told them that he had said this and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had spoken. Now, <clears throat> when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in him, observing his signs which he was doing. Jesus on his part knew uh, was not entrusting himself to them for he knew all men and because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus, fully God, fully man and he knew how men worked. Well, <clears throat> um, there's other things I could say about those last few verses, but I think you understand. Jesus, <laughs> he, uh, he was all about this father's business, as he said in, at 12 years old. And now his public ministry, his first act, according to John, was cleansing the temple, getting rid of that. Now, from now on in the book, we're going to talk about people. For instance, we talk about Nicodemus next time. We have a little bit. He talks about John the Baptist, about the man he is. And then we go on and we start talking about the Samaritan woman. And, but he starts talking about individual pieces as we continue in Scripture. I'm sorry I've kind of run over. Any comments or questions? Everybody happy? Okay. Just a quick rundown. Yes. That's, I just think it's remarkable with the two instances of the cleansing. By the time he gets back around there three years later, it's not just this is not a flea market. This is not the stock market. Get out, right? It's Now it's a den of thieves. Yeah, that's true. They, as um, one of the commentators I, I read from, he says, the, this first cleansing was a shock to the system. Uh, the second cleansing, they kind of knew what was coming. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We ask that you continue to bless us and be with us. Thank you for the word. Thank you for allowing John to write, and he filled in the blanks for some things that the other gospel writers didn't write, and we thank you for it. We can hold it in our hand, and we can read it. Thank you for that. As we go to the further services, be with everything that's said and done and prayed. Be with Pastor Bobby and be with Tracy. Be with everybody that has anything to do with the service. And may your Holy Spirit just continue to dwell among us. And we thank you. And I thank you for these sweet people who are here who love you and who love one another and who love this church. So bless us, Lord, as we go. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.